Welcome to the Nach Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today we are discussing the 19th parak of Sefer Yehoshua, and here the remaining six tribes receive their portion in the land. That's Shimon, Asher, Naphtali, Yisachar, Zebulun, and Dan. Once everyone receives their portion, last but not least, we learn that Yehoshua gets his portion. And this reflects so beautifully on Yehoshua, that he takes his portion only after everyone has gotten theirs. One could imagine that a different leader might have acted differently, might have taken his portion first, but Yehoshua, marked by sterling integrity and character, takes his portion last, and certainly worth noting. There is actually a lot to unpack in this parak, but I'm going to limit my scope to just one tribe, and that is Shevet Dan. Dan is the last to receive his portion, which evokes his placement in the wilderness when the Bnei Israel were camping in the Midbar. Shevet Dan was Le'achrona, as the Pasuk in the Torah tells us. They were at the very back. Rashi comments based on the Gemara Yerushalmi that Dan was the Me'asef. They were the ones responsible, being at the back, for collecting up all that was forgotten and left behind. And so Dan's placement was actually a kind of distinction. It was a responsibility thrust upon this tribe. Others, though, such as the Balaturim, see Dan's placement, Le'achrona, as a, as a negative reflection on the tribe. Being in the back meant they were last. Elsewhere, uh, being uh, Le'achrona reflects negatively on, on the person being described in that fashion. And so the Balaturim says that it reflects uh, on Sheva Dan poorly, that, that they were Le'achrona in some more profound sense as well. They were last in some more profound sense. Here, too, in Yehoshua, there is ambiguity around how we are to judge Sheva Dan. At first, we're told that the borders of Dan uh, were right on the Mediterranean, adjacent to Binyamin, so touching Binyamin, going towards all the way to the Mediterranean, and like Binyamin, just north of Yehuda. And so generally, we would say that Dan was given land in the southwestern part of Canaan. But then we're told, that, well, there's two ways to translate this, and I'm going to translate it both ways um, for a particular reason. So first we're told, let's, let's presume you're reading the JPS, and you're reading the 1917 JPS translation. This is what you would have read, and that's what you read. Mechon uh, Mamre is a translation that's available online. And, uh, and their translation is the 1917 JPS, and this is what it says. And the border of the children of Dan was too straight for them. It was too straight, it was too narrow. And so they went and they conquered this place called Leshem. And we'll talk a little bit about Leshem in a bit. That's one translation. In a, a very contemporary translation, Robert Alter, uh, he renders it as follows. And the territory of the Danites fell from their hand. And so they went and they conquered Leshem. And this machlokas is, of course, an outgrowth of a much uh, farther-reaching, deeply-rooted machlokas among the Mepharshim. Um, and, and here we have uh, really the Radak versus the Malbim. The Radak, who we can associate as the forerunner uh, of JPS, says that Dan was too populous, and so the land that they were originally given wasn't big enough for them, and so they had to go and conquer Leshem. That's Radak, JPS. Malbim says that they simply, that the people of Dan couldn't conquer the territory that they were given. There were too many plishtim there, the Canaanite population was too strong, and so they had to go to plan B, and they conquered this other territory called 
Leshem. That, of course, reflects more negatively on the people of Dan, and, and it, um, it parallels what we learned, what we read from Alter, which is that the territory of the Danites fell from their hands, right? They, they failed to conquer that territory. And it's worth kind of pausing here, and I'll put this in parentheses, just to note uh, a really important point, and that is that this demonstrates, this little machlokas between JPS and, and Robert Alter, uh, reflects uh, the, 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 uh, a much broader principle, and that is that every translation that we read is really, by definition, a commentary. And if you're reading Yehoshua in English, it's important to, to know that what you're reading is a version, a rendering of Yehoshua, but the, the translator or, or the team of translators are making myriad decisions uh, about how to understand the psukim, how to understand the verses, and they're rendering it a particular way. And so you're not getting the text as it is. You're getting a version of the text. And that's true if you're reading Art Scroll or JPS or any other version. And so it's, it's, it's important to know that. And if you encounter a Pasuk uh, that's, that, that, that's particularly interesting or difficult that you want to explore more, it's worth looking at how other translators deal with the same Pasuk because often uh, they're going to be different. Okay, let's get back on track. Dan, to recap, in the Torah is viewed as the as in a positive sense and a negative sense for being at the back of the camp. And here too, they're having uh, left or um, having went to conquer an additional piece of territory um, in, in Leshem is viewed by the Radak in a more positive or at the very least kind of neutral way, whereas the Malbim views it as a failure. They couldn't conquer their own land, so they went to go and conquer Leshem. There is a third approach and that is the approach of Rashi. And at first blush, Rashi seems to have the to represent the biggest departure from the plain sense of the text. Uh, but of course, there's good cause for why Rashi takes this particular approach. He says that Don was always allotted a kind of uh, double portion. Uh, he was always allotted a piece of land uh, in the southwestern region of Kinaan, where the, the, the his primary post was going to be, but also a satellite in Leshem. Why? So if you look at the blessing that Moshe Rabbeinu gives to the Shevet, to Shevet Dan in Vizos HaBracha at the very end of the Torah, he says as follows, Uladan Amar, Dan Gur Min And of Dan, he said, Dan is a lion's whelp that leaps forth from Bashan. Now, just focusing on the second half of that Pasuk, he leaps forth from Bashan. Where is Bashan? Bashan is all the way in the northeastern uh, part of the broader uh, Kinaan. It's in the Transjordan. It's the land that was uh, under the rule of Og, Og Melech Bashan, and then it is um, inherited by Chatzis Shevet Menashe, the half-tribe of Menashe that is in the Transjordan. But it's all the way up north and east of Kinaan. Remember, Dan, where's Dan inheriting uh, his portion? In the southwest, just north of Yehuda. And so it seems like Moshe's blessing has, it's very hard to square that with Dan's original uh, allotment of land. But Leshem, or as it's referred to in Shoftim, Laish, is all the way up north, bordering Bashan. And so it's clear that Moshe's blessing is referring to this satellite that Don establishes all the way up north in Bashan. 
It's also interesting to note uh, that the Gemara in Bechoros says, why is the Yardin called the Yardin? How does it get the name Yardin? It is because it is Yoreid, it comes down from Dan. Yoreid, Dan, Yardin. And that only makes sense, of course, if you understand that Dan has a, 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 a settlement, has a, has a land, has a portion all the way up north. And in fact, you can see how the Jordan River really stems, it grows out of, flows from Dan into the rest of the land of Israel. And so, kind of putting this all together, we find that Dan ends up being associated with two disparate portions in the land of Canaan, in the land of Israel. According to some, this was just a function of a certain respect, their blessing that they were so large and populous that they outgrew the portion that they were initially given. And so they went and they conquered uh, an additional piece of land that's uh, totally separate from their original inheritance. That's the Radak's approach, which I would say is positive, at the very least neutral. Then you have the Malbim's approach, which is Dan was given the land in the southwest of Canaan, and they just couldn't do it. They couldn't conquer it. And so they end up all the way up north uh, in the land uh, uh, around Leshem or Laish. That's approach number two. And that, of course, reflects much more negatively on the people of Dan. And finally, we have Rashi, who tells us that this was always the plan, that Dan was always going to be given this kind of unique situation where he has a large piece of land in the southwest of Kinaan and a satellite all the way up north. Why that should be, I'm not sure. And so I leave you to consider. That's it for today. Chazak ve'ematz and happy learning.